ease into it, aka build your stamina. So do not try to spend several hours outside on your first go. Take it in small chunks, building on it as you go. Hey, I'm Ashton Cope. I'm a mom to two very spirited girls and wife to a UK to US transplant. And those beautiful people are exactly who motivated me to start embracing the seasons. I wanted to make our lifestyle and home more peaceful, functional, and cozy. Allowing the ever-changing seasons to guide our meals, activities, and productivity levels simplified our day-to-day and added so much more joy to my routines. Not to mention, it just made sense. Discovering the benefits of seasonal living firsthand was my catalyst for wanting to share my mission with others, helping families embrace the seasons to add more simplicity, peace, and cozy to the life they already have. Welcome to the Eat Your Seasons podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are going to be discussing how to become an outside mom and what that means and how you can start to implement some strategies so that you can get outside with your littles a little bit more often, no matter the weather. So I think we can all agree that wanting to be something and then actually embodying it are two very different things. I absolutely love the outdoors. I love camping. I love sitting on a blanket with a good book. I love the sounds of nature, and I adore fresh air. Even now, as I record this in our little winter to spring limbo of February, I still crack the windows open if the temps even reach close to 40 because I need the fresh air. But all of the so-called outdoorsy things that I just listed are fair weather activities. They're like the Disney movies of being outside. (laughs) They sound great. They look great. They give you the warm and fuzzies and they offer inspiration, but there's no challenge to it. And I don't necessarily mean challenge in the way where it's like not fun anymore. I mean it in a way where getting outside of your comfort zone and experiencing something in a new way is a challenge. So I'll be able to explain this a little bit better by sharing a little bit of my research from the past few months. So recently, I've decided to try and answer a question that I've been asking myself for years. Why do Europeans seem to live so much better than us? Why does the weather not seem to phase them quite so much as it deters us in America? Now, there's been books written about this, there's been podcasts recorded about this, and they even touch on it in, you know, movies, TV, pop culture. Because this question can open up a whole can of worms when you really dig into it, because it boils down to the way they were raised and the entire lifestyle that's customary to where they live. In many countries, counties, cities, and towns in Europe, most of their everyday places to visit are somewhat in close proximity to each other, or at the very least, they're close proximity to like public transportation or a parking pad where they might leave their car and then walk the rest of the way. Now, we could say the same thing for those of us who live in bigger cities here in the States, but it's not really quite the same thing, is it? They get their steps in crossing concrete jungles, while our European friends typically pass by or through parks, fields, cute little pathways and trails that connect one to another. 
And the whole feeling is just a lot more the holiday and a lot less the Devil Wears Prada. (laughs) You know what I mean? Now, I should mention, I don't have a whole lot of experience doing either of these things. Well, the biggest cities that I've been to are London, Dublin, and Chicago. Dublin felt much more quaint than the others, and the main area I've done most of my on-foot small-town commuting is in my husband Joe's hometown in the southwest of England. So I feel like it's important that I say this because in those experiences, I've been on vacation, and everything just feels better on vacation. (laughs) I do not live somewhere where it's safe to travel on foot to most places, And so you might be thinking the same thing, like, okay, that sounds great, Ashton, but that's not possible where I live. So in our case, and maybe in yours too, my goal is to locate and try out maybe just some walking trails nearby that we haven't tried or haven't been to in a while. So obviously we know that based on how they're raised and the whole layout of where they live versus how we are raised here in the States and our landscape... Europeans are more prone to walking and traveling where they need to go on foot. But there's another huge difference between European, specifically those in Great Britain and Ireland, and those of us in the States, and the difference is their mentality toward the weather. I would argue that here in the States, we are more likely to use inclement weather as an excuse for not going outside. We hunker down inside and wait out the weather. And from what I've learned in my research and observed, the English, Welsh, Scottish, Northern Irish, and Irish are not so quick to cower to the weather. They get a lot of rain, and I mean a lot. And they would get very little fresh air if they allowed the rain to slow them down. They're, of course, smart about their outdoor outings, never putting themselves in dangerous situations, but they're not afraid of a few drops. They don't necessarily love getting soaked and having to fully bathe their dogs after a muddy walk. Obviously not. I don't think so. But I would wager that they find the good in it somehow, some way. And I would also bet that a rainy walk in the right gear is a very different experience than a sunny one. And maybe not all the way bad. It kind of reminds me of the Scottish words kuri and kosagak, which they have similar meanings to huga in that they require someone to get cozy and enjoy all of the comforts and warmth that that brings. But with our Scottish friends being as brave and all-weather friendly as they are, the kuri and the kosagak frequently and typically comes after you've gotten your fresh air and moved your body outside, often in not so favorable weather. Imagine how much cozier it must feel to come inside and rest after a walk in the rain or the snow versus coming in after a sunny dry day. They're both great. They're just great in different ways. So another difference that I've noticed between English moms and the moms where I live is that in the summer and spring and fall, they rarely have their kids inside. I've walked past the parks more than once on school days, and I find the moms and their toddlers playing for a little bit on those playgrounds after dropping the older ones off at school um, when they're on their way home. I can't speak for all moms here in the U.S., but I have to drive to our nearest park, and it's never a thought in my head after I drop Winnie off on Ruby's school days off to go take her to the playground first thing. But 
I would honestly love that now that I think about it. And I would love for my girls to have more of that homegrown late 90s, early 2000s childhood that I had with fewer screens and more fresh air. My friends and I would spend all day outside playing pretend. We'd build forts. We'd play house. For whatever reason, we always had to pretend we were orphans. (laughs) Sorry, mom and dad, for the morbid games, but I blame Disney and the Boxcar Children book series. We would draw with chalk, play for hours in the sand, and drink from the hose when we were thirsty. Yeah, we would need a full scrub down at the end of the day. And I think my kids have kind of gone soft for not having similar experiences, unfortunately. I don't know about your kids, but if I don't provide my girls forms of entertainment, ideas, and activities to keep them busy, they sit and whine to me about being bored for basically the entirety of our time outside. And that's a huge deterrent for me. And maybe that is for you too. So I'll give you an example. We used to live in Tennessee, pretty close to the Smoky Mountain National Park, or otherwise known as Cades Cove, and we would drive that loop and stop for a picnic lunch on so many weekend afternoons and school holidays. It was a free, simple activity that our entire family could do together and loved doing. Sometimes we'd bring trivia cards to quiz each other in the car. Sometimes we'd bring a football to pass in the big stretch of grass where we'd take our picnic. And other times, my brother and I would just go find our own fun. When I was a kid, being let loose in a huge field was a dream come true. You mean I can play whatever I want for as long as I want? Score! Even now, the idea of a picnic lunch in the Smoky Mountains on a warm, sunny afternoon sounds just about the best thing in the world. But I cannot even imagine the confusion and dread on my children's faces if I were to try that right this second. They would be staring at me, blinking, asking me what to do, begging me to play with them, asking if there were toys in the car, and if there weren't pestering me to take them into the gift shop, basically the entire time we're there, so that I can buy them an overpriced toy or souvenir that they'll care about for all of three minutes before losing it on the floor of the car and ultimately stepping on it and breaking it. Now, I am not recording this episode to dog on my kids, I promise. It's more to A, share in solidarity if your life sounds anything close to mine. Because girl, you are not alone and this parenting thing is hard. Like all of the nuances and things expected of us now compared to when we were being raised is just insane. But B, I also want to give myself a little bit of a shake and a wake-up call before the weather gets warmer, and I want to have more ample opportunity to lean more into the outside or outdoorsy mom that I so desperately want to be. Are you with me? If you're feeling just like I am, then buckle up because I have compiled a list of things that will prepare you for being your best nature-loving, dirty clothes, hands and faces mom that you are. So the first thing that we need to do is get the right attitude. I have said this so many times already, but I'm going to repeat it. Many Europeans have the attitude that there is no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. There's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. 
we need to wrap our heads around that to the fullest and deepest extent. And also remember that even some of the things that we need to get done, whether maybe it's work on your computer, some phone calls, or if you need to get some reading done, in many cases that stuff can be done outdoors, especially if we're not in a circumstance where we can send our kids outside and watch them from a window or a glass door. And we are much more comfortable sitting outside with them because let's be honest, we don't live in the 90s and 2000s anymore. And the outside world is a much scarier place. So if that's where you're at, I don't blame you. And I'm right there with you. So my goal now is to pre-plan when we will be spending that outdoor time and fit my indoor work around it. Are we going to head right out after breakfast? Or do I have some time to do some cleaning up in here first and then we'll go out? Are we going out in our own yard or are we taking a walk or heading to the park? Those are some of the questions I have to answer ahead of time so that I can get my brain and attitude in the right space and also prepare any work materials, reading materials, or phone call lists that I have so that I'm ready when we do finally go out. So the second thing we need to do is prepare our kids. So like I said, if I threw my girls into a random field and told them to play, they would be staring at me blinking like I had just spoken a different language to them. So getting them more acclimated to outdoor imaginative play for longer stretches of time with little to no intervention on my part will be really helpful. Because my kids really do love playing outside. I'm not like they're normal children. They love playing outside. It's just oftentimes they're looking to me for direction and we want to kind of steer away from that. (laughs) They do also, though, absolutely adore hearing stories about my childhood. And I actually remember loving that with my mom, too. So sharing more stories about games that we played outside and using as much enthusiasm and detail as we can muster will really help them start creating in their mind ideas of what they could do. Another thing we can do is let them pack their own outside bag, bringing some toys that they like to play with um, that they could bring outside and use out there when they get out. This is also really good for building responsibility and initiative since they'll be expected and required to bring in everything that they brought outside. Although it, of course, still ultimately falls on mom to not only keep track of what they brought, but also ensure that it comes in and double check for stragglers that were forgotten. So if that's more than what you can handle right now, no worries scratch that, put it on a list for another day to try. Some of our favorite outside toys for the girls have been Barbies, since we can throw them in the tub with them later when they're getting a good scrub, Barbie can get a good scrub, and some of their favorite play kitchen accessories if they want to play house or play restaurant when they get outside. One of my goals for this summer is to actually build an outdoor mud kitchen. I did try to put one together either last summer or the summer before, but it did not work out. So I'm going to try really hard again this year. I really do love messy play. And if I can do my best to keep it contained in a place where they can get as messy as they want without like wrecking everything in their wake, then everybody wins. (laughs) So third is get the right gear. As I said earlier, 
It's not about the weather. It's about the clothes. So here in Michigan, we are set with cold weather and snow gear pretty good. All of us are extremely comfortable in our outdoor play. So that helps us get out more, helps us have more fun. No one's complaining. No one's crying. We also have some great play clothes consisting of old stained clothing that I just could not get back to its original state. And like last year's school shoes that might be just a touch too tight, but they still fit enough and they're beat up pretty good so that when they go out in the spring and the summer and the fall, I know that there's going to be dirt and sand involved and I won't have to worry about their nice things getting wrecked. We also invested in some rash guard swimsuits and swim tops as well as waterproof sandals for summer days that we spend at the splash pad or running through the sprinkler or we go down to the lake. The one area where we're falling slightly short is in our rain gear and that's especially in my case because I have absolutely none. (laughs) The girls each have a pretty reliable rain boots um, or wellies, as they call them in the UK. And they have rain coats or jackets, although I really want to invest in like proper rain slickers to really keep them dry. I have none of the above, as I mentioned, because my last pair of wellies cracked in the back and my feet would just flood. So there's no point in wearing them. I also currently am wearing my thinner winter coat, which is more water resistant rather than waterproof, so I still can get pretty damp at the end of any rainy outings. Um, I do plan on investing in a good stroller cover for our walks, which I've seen when Joe and I and the girls go visit my in-laws. It's like this big plastic cover that's extremely breathable that like very lightly and gently sits on top of a stroller and it's got zippers and it's clear and so your kids can see out of it um, while you're like pushing them in the stroller and it keeps their body relatively warm if it's like a cold rainy day because your body heat stays inside of that plastic. So Anyways, I really want them for our rainy walks. I've also seen umbrella holder attachments that you can put on your stroller so that it keeps you dry. So I have a lot to look into, clearly. (laughs) And I don't even own an umbrella, so I need that before I get the holder. Like I said, I'm just kind of ill-prepared for rain right now, but it's a goal of mine. So fourth is bringing the best snacks. So much like traveling, getting outside for longer stretches can turn your kid into quite an insatiable beast that forgot how to say any other words besides, I'm hungry. So maybe preparing special outside-only snacks that you know that they'll love to make those extra special when you're out there for an hour plus. Or if you are going to bring the same snacks, maybe you can present them in a way that feels exciting. I know that my girls absolutely adore their lunch boxes and they're 10 times more likely to devour whatever's inside if it's in a lunchbox. So an even better way to build some independence is letting them pack their own lunch boxes and that'll get them more excited about getting out onto the playground because they can't open the lunchbox or backyard, I should say. They can't open the lunchbox until they're actually outside. This way they can also graze at whatever they brought regardless of what you're doing so you don't always have to be the snack master, which is wonderful. Just ensure that there's plenty of food and drinks so that they cannot use that as an excuse to go home or go inside. And what mom does not love a good snack herself? I know I do. 
So fifth and lastly, ease into it, aka build your stamina. So do not try to spend several hours outside on your first go. Take it in small chunks, building on it as you go. This allows your kids and you to get more comfortable and acclimated every single day. You could even plan or aim for an hour spent outside each day, but break it up into smaller chunks throughout the day, like half an hour in the morning, half an hour in the afternoon. If your kids are seeming content and they're resistant to going inside and you're enjoying it too, then great. Some days it's going to be a lot easier to be out and get out than others. And you can also plan based on the weather. Obviously, we aren't going to want to spend quite as much time out in the snow or the rain as we would on a balmy, sunny day. So just play it by ear and don't put pressure on yourself. The importance is the fresh air and imagination, not the number of minutes spent. So also try to not keep track too closely on the amount of time that you're spending, but rather the memories that you're making and the feelings that you're having because of it. I sincerely hope with all of my heart that we can all become outside moms this spring and summer to set us up for the fall and winter months when getting out feels a little harder and we need an extra push. So maybe create a little group of fellow moms that you could have some accountability with, whether you're getting out together or apart. It sure does feel a whole lot easier when you have someone to do it with or who's also on the struggle bus with you. So that's an idea. Maybe create a little community of outside moms so you can all cheer each other on. And if you want to include your girl, I need all the help I can get. (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode on our collective pursuit of becoming outside moms. Be sure to share this episode to your Instagram story with your favorite takeaway and be sure to tag me in it. Tag me so I can support you and your outdoor loving goals. I would also love it if you shared this episode with a friend who can join the Outside Mom Club and we can stick together. And if you'd like to know how you can support me in the show, listen close. The best way to do it is by leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts so that they know that you're enjoying it just as much as I know and they can suggest me to more wonderful people just like you. It takes less than five minutes and it's a totally free way to keep me going. That's it for me. And until next time, enjoy this season and all the eats it has to offer. We made it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Eat Your Seasons podcast. I am so thrilled and honored that you spent your precious time with me, and I can't wait to serve you more and more each week. Is this show speaking your language? Be sure to leave a review so more moms like you can find me and tune in every single week. If you'd like even more meal inspiration and seasonal living goodies, be sure to find me on Instagram at Ashton Cope, where I share it all. For all the freebies and referral codes from today's sponsors, you can head on over to ashtoncopeblog.com slash podcast. I will see you there.